Chloe Cole was diagnosed with gender dysphoria when she was nine years old. At 12, she began taking puberty blockers and receiving testosterone treatments. At age 15, she received a double mastectomy. At age 17, however, Chloe changed her mind and began detransitioning. At age 18, Chloe began testifying against medical transitioning and has become an activist in denouncing gender-affirming care for minors and any law that would support or enforce gender-affirming puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and surgeries for minors, which is exactly what is being proposed in Ontario, Bill 42, or the Gender-Affirming Healthcare Advisory Committee Act. Here's my question. Under what other circumstances would a 12-year-old be allowed, based on their feelings, to determine medical treatment, surgeries even, without proper counseling and diagnosis? But this is what is already happening in so many places, as what happened to Chloe Cole, and what Bill 42 would enshrine in law in Ontario. The Church teaches that our biological sex and our gender are one and the same. One is born either male or female. As Christians, we have to respond to those struggling with gender dysphoria with love and kindness, but we have to be clear about what our bodies, as sacraments, reveal to us about who we are. Every person is created in the image and likeness of God, male or female. Let's help everyone, especially young people, to discover their true identities as children of God. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and sitting here with me once again is Mark Matthews all the way from Hello? Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Hollywood. Are you having, are you having any snow there in Hollywood? We, but, okay. I, I hiked on to Mount Hollywood <laughs> a couple weeks ago and I literally saw no. snow no. drifting through the air. It melted, but it was a lifetime first. Yeah, lifetime so, first. Yes. I don't know. Is it better to have a little bit of snow than to have rain and floods right yeah i would prefer snow it's dry absolutely well we've been keeping track of all the weather uh weather changes in california for all the way from up here in the north um uh mark today we're gonna be speaking about nigeria actually with uh ed clancy from aid to the church in need usa he comes on the show uh mm -hmm. we have a segment called where god helps um, and so Ed's going to be telling us, did, I mean, do you even know that they had elections in Nigeria and that the Christians are being killed in Nigeria? It's I did not know that. No, actually, Nobody knows that it's not in the news yeah. nowhere. So, uh, it's important to note that, uh, Nigeria is the number one country in the world where Christians are being persecuted, uh, specifically wow. targeted because they're a Christian. So Ed, Ed, Ed Clancy is going to be with us in about five minutes to tell us about that in the segment. Uh, where God helps. Um, and then we're going to be talking with you about truth, beauty, and goodness. Okay, I was going to say goodness, beauty, yeah. and truth. No, 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 no. Uh, beauty, truth, and goodness. So goodness, totally beauty, and truth, truth is not the same thing. It's totally different than truth, beauty, and goodness. Totally. Okay. Okay. I hope that that doesn't mean that people are going to say like, oh, it's just silly. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to the segment. No, this is actually very serious. So. Very serious. Something beautiful, good, and true that's happening in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, or, okay. you know, just about the, 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 yeah, truth, beauty, and goodness. 
<laughs> or goodness, beauty, and truth. Yes, one of those. One okay. of those six permutations. So that's all happening uh, in about 15 minutes with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Um, and then, uh, Mark, have you, I know you're, you're, you just said you went on a hike up Mount Hollywood. Have you done the Camino? Mm -hmm. I have, yes. Like about 20 plus years ago, I did about 150 kilometers of it. So. Yeah, good for you. So for people who are not familiar with the Camino, uh, I think it's the most popular pilgrimage route in the world, would you say? I, I could totally believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly know in Europe, it's ridiculously popular. It is. So. How many days were your was your route to week? I did 10 days, but I think if you do from the border of France, it's 30 days. Yeah, so. you can do 30 days. Uh, you can do two weeks. Uh, this is in yep. the north of in the north of Spain, the Camino de Santiago, a pilgrimage route that leads you to the city of Santiago de Compostela, where it is believed that the remains of St. James the mm -hmm. Lesser? James the Greater. No, I think it's St. James the Apostle. Uh, well, there were two. Come oh, on, Mark. There were two St. James. Okay. James, okay. the brother of John and James, the cousin of Jesus. Um, that's okay. We're going to leave that to our listeners to write back and say, hey, Mark, I think it might be James the Greater. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I would, I'll vote for James the Greater. I was relying on you to tell me what it was. Can we so ask an AI? We, did, we talked about that last time. We'll just ask ChatGPT. ChatGPT would know. Anyway, um, there's a film called Santiago the Camino Within, and it's a documentary film that will be actually in theaters across the United States on March 28th. Um, and it's like 900, 1,000 theaters across the United States. So look it up. Wow. Cam uh, Santiago the Camino Within, and uh, just on that day, March 28th, uh, people can watch it, but we're going to be speaking with the director and producer of the film, Erin Berghaus, uh, mm -hmm. in the in our second half hour. She's going to tell us all about the film and uh, a little bit about the Camino. Uh, so I hope that people can tune in for that. Um, and if you haven't, I mean, if you haven't walked the Camino, I recommend mm. the film because for yes. me, it's a beautiful. Speaking of beauty, truth, and goodness, it's a beautiful. Uh, uh, it shows. I think it, I, I had an experience very close to what I think it would be to actually walk the Camino without having to leave my couch. Um, you know, and that was my experience too when I did it is I was like, you don't ha necessarily have to go to Spain. You can do it locally. Just you can turn any hike into a yes, pilgrimage. that's true into a pilgrimage. Absolutely. So uh, in about 25 minutes, Erin Berghaus talking about her film. Uh, Santiago, the Camino Within. And then uh, we're going to be reconnecting with a singer songwriter. Her name is Lorraine Hess. She's uh, she's been in the program a few times. We haven't spoken to her since 2019. Uh, she had just come out. Well, maybe not just, but she had just come out of a house fire, like her house burnt down. Um, uh, and then out of that came a new album. Um, but uh, <laughs> but over COVID, uh, she actually wrote a beautiful anthem dedicated to St. Joseph called uh, uh, With a Father's Heart, based mm -hmm. on the uh, the letter by uh, Pope Francis on saint joseph for the year of saint joseph and so we're going to talk about that but she also just uh, also wrote and published a mass setting uh dedicated to saint catherine of siena which mm. uh i'm going to ask her about that because i think that's a little kind of random to just find out like how do you write a mass setting and why do you pick a saint mm -hmm. uh, uh so so but it's a beautiful beautiful mass setting uh dedicated to saint catherine of siena so we're going to be speaking with lorraine hess uh in about 
45 minutes or so. And of course, we're going to get to listen to some of her music. And hopefully, we'll be able to listen to some of those uh, mass parts because they're really, really beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful mass uh, published by GIA Music. Anyway, so all of that in about 45 minutes. And if you're not going to be around, remember that you can always go to our website, somedia.org. You just click on podcasts, and that's where you can listen to all our programs. And, of course, you can also get our program, The Salt and Light Hour, wherever you get your podcasts. So if you are ready, if Mark Matthews is ready, we will begin with a song. So here is... Play it. Play play the song. I should, I should, I should get into the habit where I get, like, my co-host here for the intro uh-huh. to introduce the song. So I don't know, maybe I'll do that next time. Um, here is Lorraine Hess with "Heal Us" from her album "See the Miracle." Heal us with your body. That was Lorraine Hess with Heal Us, co-written by Jamie Dilberto from Lorraine Hess's album, See the Miracle. And we're going to be speaking with Lorraine Hess at the end of the program. So I hope that you can still be around for that. And now it's time for Where God Helps with Ed Clancy from Aid to the Church in Need USA. Ed, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you, Deacon. It's good to be here. 
when you uh, uh, wrote me ahead of time to say that you wanted to speak about Nigeria and mentioned the elections, I thought, what, Nigeria just had elections? Like, it's really not in anyone's radar, at least in the news here. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not in the... It's not on anybody's radar, and it really should be. Um, you know, the largest democracy in Africa in by Africa. far, and yeah. the largest economy in Africa by far. And is it uh, also large, a large Catholic population? Well, both large Catholic and Christian. And Christian. It's over 225 million people, of which about 48% are Christian. Wow. And about one-third of those are Catholic. So okay. those yeah. numbers, you know, are, are consistent with other major countries around the world. You know, uh, their total Catholic population is in the top 10 in the world. Right. Um, and the thing about that has happened with these elections is there was a lot of lead up to this. And one of the challenges had been um, the Catholic church maintains its, its sort of separation from the election process, but mm -hmm. was very much expressing that their, their, um, their parishioners, their, their, the Catholics should be involved in the election process, that they should register for vote. And there was right. a, a great campaign to get people registered to really have their voice heard. And there was problems going way back uh, into middle of last year with mm -hmm. uh, getting on, uh, getting people registered, getting their registrations processed. Um, uh, some of these things that were happening as far as administratively. And then in the lead up to the elections, there was a lot of violence, and very Christian areas mm -hmm. in Kaduna, in um, in Benue, and even down in the south, which is supposed to be safe. There were all of these attacks and these uh, interferences with what was going on in community centers, etc. And then the elections happened, and the elections did not go off well at all. The Independent Nigerian Election Commission was set up to make sure that this was transparent and immediate results. And to this day, three and a half weeks later, the election results still have not been processed through the Internet Independent National uh, Nigerian Election Commission, really? and yet they've declared a winner. Huh. So obviously that's a big red flag. And then the Catholic Church said, wait, <laughs> we agreed upon a process. We agreed there'd be transparency. There needs to be an investigation so that people have confidence in the results. Mm -hmm. And again, the INEC has just stonewalled them more, you know, delayed everything. So let me ask you a question. I know in, in other African nations, the Catholic Church has a lot of influence on the people. Uh, so they, when they speak up to the government or, or uh, against things or even to support things, uh, the government responds because they recognize that the church does have a lot of influence. Is that the same in Nigeria? Uh, somewhat. I mean, there is a definite respect for the Catholic uh, Church there, but with the changing of the administrations uh, from uh, the good luck Jonathan, who is a Christian, mm -hmm. and then was transitioned to uh, Buhari, who is a Muslim and a Fulani, mm -hmm. there was this sort of slow decline of the openness to uh, speak to the Catholic communities. In fact, uh, Bishop uh, Kuka, who is the Bishop of Sokoto and a very well-known diplomat and, a, you know, very well-known internationally, both uh, on the levels of, you know, the politics as well as 
the church matters, uh, had been very outspoken in the beginning about his willingness to work and discuss and talk. And over time, uh, Bishop Kuka, who thought he could talk to Buhari and his administration, slowly declined in his his confidence mm -hmm. to the end where he was literally saying that the Buhari administration needs to resign mm -hmm. because they're not protecting Christians. They're not doing what they had promised. And now the new administration is even potentially more challenging in that They've either directly or indirectly been related or or interacting with some of these terrorist groups in some way or form, right. and there's no investigation of it. So there's a lot of lot of uh, uh, problems ahead, possibly. Right. Um, I I know even several months ago, both you and Marie Claude had told me that there was uh, increasing persecution against Christians in Nigeria. It's yeah. getting worse. Tell us about that. Well, it, just for some little history, in the past 12 years, Nigeria is the place where the most Christian attacks have come, happened in the world. It, it, amazingly, wow. more than 40,000 Christians have died in the last 12 years on attacks of Christian communities by mainly uh, militant Muslims. So they're, uh, they're specifically being targeted because they are Christian? It, it has to be because uh, there are examples of, for example, now the Fulani militants, these herdsmen that are mm -hmm. part of the recent wave of violence, will ride their cattle through an area, a farm community, and swerve to go after those areas that are more densely populated by Christians. Mm -hmm. Farm markets where these Christians make their money, they support themselves, and then they bring their produce, their goods to the to the market – have been shut down on days when they know the Christian communities are coming. Um, yeah. And because yeah. of that, it it just destroys their ability to have any sort of commerce. Mm -hmm. And then you get people being displaced. And what ends up happening is these people leave, have to leave their homes and their farms. And what happens? The farms, you know, go right. to waste. They, yeah. They're not grown or the crops aren't picked. And then not only is there not enough food for the community, but then these, these farmers who have a business, who have a, a livelihood, have that taken away from them. And they're mm -hmm. pushed into communities where they're much more vulnerable. Of course. The IDP camps have been attacked multiple times in the last few months. Mm -hmm. Now you said 40,000 in the last 12 years. Is, are these weekly occurrences? So it's very, very common? It's unbelievably common. Very, I mean, in the last two weeks, um, there's been, there was uh, an attack of, Last week, of 27 Christians killed in um, Kaduna, which is mm -hmm. sort of north central. And then just south of that in Benway, just the week before, there were two or three attacks that, that amassed 50 deaths. And I don't know how many more dozens were injured and displaced. These kind of statistics, because it's ongoing, are very hard to understand until after, <laughs> until right. so the so-called postmortem, when you can look back and see what really happened. It's really difficult to, to grasp the amount of problems that they're having now, and the government is just not reacting. And the international community, for that matter, is no. neither focusing anything on it nor doing anything about it. No, and we don't even know about it. Um, uh, we need to keep Nigeria in our prayers, support yes. if you can financially through Aid to the Church in Need and other agencies, I would yes. say Catholic agencies that, that are in the region, but we know Aid to the Church in Need is, is there and very active. And, uh, and spread the word, let people know. Yes, because if you visit either our website at churchandneed.org or the ACN Canada, acn-canada.org, mm -hmm. uh, you will see daily updates and information, and there's even um, a sort of a, a media brochure or booklet that tells you all about what's happening there and what has happened, so you can be better informed. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know in my parish, there are uh, several Nigerian families. So that's another way that we can support is reach out to them and get to know yeah. them and uh, find out more about their country and their culture. Um, Ed, thank you yes. so much for, uh, again, for uh, bringing us this news. It's important that we hear it and yeah. that we uh, try to do as much as we can to uh, bring whatever's happening there to a resolution, whether through prayer or other means. Yes, it's very important. We have to stand with them. Thank you. Ed Clancy is the Director of Outreach for Aid to the Church in Need USA. You can find out more about Aid to the Church in Need if you're in the U.S., churchinneed.org, and if you're in Canada, acn-canada.org. Hi, I'm Francesca LaRosa, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you want to contact us, you can email me, pedro, at esomedia.org, or you can also find me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, also on Twitter and Instagram, and I will respond to every message or email that I get. And now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Pedro, pleasure yes. to be here as always. As always, yes. Uh, um, beauty, goodness, and truth. Truth, oh, goodness, you, and beauty. Goodness. You got Did it. I get it right? It's supposed to be truth, beauty, and goodness. Okay, and that's what it, I have written down. Oh, really? Okay, okay. So, yes. so, so, I'm confused. <laughs> Which of the six permutations is it? I'm going to say truth, beauty, and goodness. So, if you hang around any like. Catholic entertainment media circles, you'll always say, hear people saying, we need to make works of truth, beauty, and goodness, truth, beauty, and goodness, blah, 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 truth, beauty, and goodness. <laughs> I joke, I joke. It's actually seriously very important. But it struck me that it's like, have we ever really defined? Do most people know what it means to have yeah. something that, that is true, beautiful, and good? And so I thought, like, hey, let's make this a, a truth, beauty, and goodness 101 talk okay. today and talk about exactly what these are from a, from a Catholic perspective. All right. So, so the first one, truth. What is truth? <laughs> In the words of Pontius Pilate, quid est veritas? <laughs> what is truth? It, and it is kind of like, hey, if you don't know what truth is, you know, there's something seriously wrong. So... But the catechism defines it as the rational expression of the knowledge of created and uncreated reality. Um, and okay. now that's an interesting definition because yeah. the traditional definition of scientia, which we kind of think of as, oh, science, that's just the physical sciences, mm -hmm. that traditionally has also included theological truth as well, too. So if you were studying the sciences in times past, you would have been studying theology. Yeah. And so what we mean here for a work of art to be true is it has to reflect theological reality so th theology as we as catholics understand it and basically the, the, this would just this is just kind of very simple things like a world where sin is actually present a world where god's grace is presented to man a world where if you accept that grace it brings peace and joy and if you accept sin it brings destruction and th those are probably just the simplest elements of a theological truth. And if you don't have those, you've kind of got propaganda. Because if if you have, say, a, a, I don't know, a, a film that isn't true, and you, you see someone accepting sin, and that's portrayed as giving them peace and joy, it's like, no, 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 that's a distortion. That's not true. Interesting. Okay, so and with those four 
four uh, categories or four qualities, I guess you you've pretty yeah. much described every single superhero movie and yeah. uh, Harry Potter <laughs> and Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Well, and yeah. even even stories from the Bible, you know, like yeah. story of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's lots of sin present there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that we don't portray sin. It's just that the the reactions Put it to in it its place. Is, yeah, exactly. Is is the important part. So so okay. truth. Okay, so I got it. That, truth. That, that truth. Boom. Quid est veritas. Okay. So goodness. What is goodness? You could say that a goodness or is defined as when a thing possesses completely or in a high degree the perfections proper to its nature so if you have a car its nature is to get you to transport you from point a to point b but if it has perfections in that it will do it reliably it will do it safely it will do it comfortably okay now yeah. goodness in film we want to talk about goodness in relation to man and so this is this is where it gets kind of a lot more complicated is what are sort of the perfections proper to man well there's the four cardinal virtues which in more common language are basically wisdom justice courage and self-control mm -hmm. and again there you've got aspects of every marvel film they're always upholding those Absolutely. concepts of justice, yep. courage, and self-control and, and wisdom. But then also, we as Catholics, we add the three um, theological virtues mm -hmm. of faith, hope, and love. And yeah. So, so basically, so the question you can ask is, does the story or the work of art clearly illustrate the virtue or say the opposite thereof in the service of the illustration of the truth? Okay. So, so does it uphold those those perfections of man as as examples i get it okay yeah i like that okay and then yeah. beauty the, okay the last one which is beauty which and i'm going to say these are kind of getting these are increasing difficulty of say difficulty to define um but i think that's kind of to be expected of higher concepts and values you know there's something towards we strive because they're mm -hmm. maybe difficult for us to understand but beauty also is kind of interesting because so St. Thomas Aquinas said, he said, beauty is that which upon being seen pleases, that we somehow intrinsically know when we see something beautiful, that mm -hmm. it just moves us in this very deep way. Mm -hmm. So you can think of seeing a beautiful view of the mountains or mm -hmm. a sunset. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, the, the Catechism of the Church says the beauty, the order and harmony of the created world. Mm. And so, so but beauty goes beyond that it's not just something that gives us pleasure that when we see it or we experience it because there can be baser things yeah. that that also cause that but it's it's beauty is the transcendent that can draw us closer to god without even say understanding that it's god that it's calling us to so it's called the via i'm gonna i'm gonna mess up the latin here we got lots of latin today the via pulchritudinus the way yes. of beauty can open the pathway for the search to God. And that's from the Pontifical Council for Culture. And it's just when you experience something that's just so beautiful, it just moves you. It's almost maybe the closest sort of emotionally we might be able to be moved towards God on earth. When we experience something that's just so beautiful, it just it just moves us interiorly. So yeah. in stories, in film, the best way I've heard this described as haunting moments. Ooh. And I, 
yeah, I think my one of my favorite examples of this, which which gave me even goosebumps, just kind of thinking about it, preparing my notes, is the story in Les Mis mm-hmm. when the police bring Valjean back to the bishop, and Valjean has just stolen all of his silverware. Right. And the bishop says to the police, he's like, "Oh no, no, I gave that all to him." And you know what? You forgot some too. You left silverware behind. Yeah. And basically says, no, this man didn't steal it from me. He he kind of did the opposite. And it and and he says, release the man to the police. And it becomes this moment of transformation for Valjean. And I just I just think I'm like, what a beautiful story plot line like that that's that's transcendent and just somehow that moves me whenever i hear that even thinking about that little bit of story and so it, 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 we want those haunting moments in in the stories that we tell ourselves yeah and and i suppose to throw a wrench into this i mean that haunting moment is a moment of goodness too um, it is yeah they all intermingle exactly the, goodness, the truth and the beauty exactly and and maybe we can say that then of a superb story or a superb film is one that is able to bring all three yes very very much so together yeah 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 and 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 once you really start digging into these all the church teachings are like yeah beauty leads into truth and truth leads into beauty and beauty leads into goodness and yeah they're all ultimately all manifestations sort of of the same thing but kind of in in different ways so okay fascinating beauty sorry truth Beauty and goodness. No, no, no. It's beauty, truth, goodness, and, and truth. You don't, truth don't, they're totally different. Truth, goodness, and beauty with uh, Mark <laughs> Matthews in Hollywood. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was insightful. Yes. Haunting. Yeah, you're very haunting. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Was be haunting. haunted. Yes. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at HUMissionary. Coming up in our second half hour, The Camino Within with Aaron Berghaus, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, I'm sure that many of you have heard of the Camino de Santiago, known commonly as just the Camino, the way of St. James. It's that pilgrimage route in the north of Spain that is traveled by so many pilgrims every year. Maybe some of you have even walked the Camino. It is something that is definitely on my bucket list. Well, now there is a new film which follows several pilgrims and shares their stories, the transformation of their souls, and without giving too much away, the radiance that will be revealed at the conclusion of their journeys. I have watched the film and it is an experience very close to what I think it would be to actually walk the Camino without ever leaving your couch, which will inspire you on your own interior journey into a contemplative relationship with God. Santiago the Camino Within will be in theaters across the United States for one day only on March 28th. And so to tell us more, we are now joined by Aaron Berghaus, who produced and directed the film. Aaron, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to see you. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. I'm so excited to see you. It is. The disclaimer here is that Aaron and I, we met 20, 20 years ago, 21 years ago or so, around World Youth Day Toronto. So um, 
Um, we have seen each other since then. It's not like I haven't seen you in 20 <laughs> years. But okay, so tell us about the film because I knew you as a songwriter, as a singer, and now you're making movies. So um, with I don't know if we need that. Maybe that's that's the subject for another interview. Um, but but how would you do? So okay, so how would you describe the film, Santiago the Camino Within? Well, I think um, our hope was to create a work of art that would reflect the beauty of the journey of St. James on the Camino that um, Bishop Donald Hine, who's the narrator, will take the viewer no matter where they are, no matter who they are, mm -hmm. because God creates every person on the planet, but that he would be able to take their hand virtually and lead them along the journey. And then that journey really um, through, I think, uh, St. James and the grace of God propels you to a place within your own soul. Um, that That's really the hope of the, the art. Did you, did you actually, I mean, you would have been, did you actually walk the Camino as well? Like, I guess you were there. Right. We were on the ground. We were there. Yes, we walked, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the official stamp. Yeah, you would have had so, to go. So because yeah. we had all the equipment, you know, and how you that goes. you would have had to go ahead. Yeah. Right. 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 And also it was very interesting because the bishop was landing and we, we all landed in Madrid, uh -huh. but the bishop was going to Saria uh -huh. and the Lord and our lady had been waking me up in the middle of the night to go the opposite direction, which is a big deal for me because I am not good with direction, even <laughs> around my neighborhood. I'm like the mom who gets lost. And so it was no, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, but you know, the waking of the night persisted. And yeah. so I, I felt called to go to a town called Zaragoza was, was uh -huh. the exact opposite direction. And I finally surrendered. And so we did that. We landed in Madrid and drove through the night to get to Zaragoza to film where our lady first appeared to St. James yeah. and her message to him was, you know, keep on keeping on, right. Just a must, just that perfect motherly encouragement of keeping on, keeping on to mm -hmm. the path that God had planned for him. And so we did that. And then we drove back and made it just about an hour before the Bishop and the pilgrims were leaving Saria. So it was a, it was, and honestly, Pedro, you know, I still continued to discern was this was like, was this God's plan to go to Zaragoza? And it wasn't until we landed many days later in Santiago at the cathedral. And um, the bishop had asked if we could have a private mass mm -hmm. at the cathedral. And we really had been asking for time to film at the cathedral for some time. And we got, I think, 30 minutes, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was you know, I thought, well, the Lord is going to move fast, you know, yeah. whatever we need in that 30 minutes, we're going a long way. So he must have it planned. And um, the day before we were to arrive there, the bishop asked um, if we could go and ask for a private mass there. So we did. And we walked into the sacristy and the sacristan was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he looked at his books and he said, oh, I have one left. And I was like, that was a miracle, really. And it was, at, of course, at three o'clock. Oh. And it was in the chapel of the pillar, which is the name of the basilica in, in Zaragoza. Zaragoza. Yeah. And I just like started to cry because I knew at that moment then that was indeed God calling for it to begin there. It begins with Our Lady and it ends with Our Lady. And Wonderful. It's just, yeah. Yeah, Our Lady of Pilar, uh, of the pillar. Yes, um, yes. 
Wow. Okay. I'm glad you shared that story because I was going to ask you to tell us some stories. Um, and I'm sure that the whole experience was full of stories like that. And because, I mean, your yes. whole life is full of stories like that. It is. Yeah. Um, tell us about the, the screening um, and, and sort of how that's going to work on March 28th. Right. So we're so excited that it's beginning in the United States. And so all across the United States, one day only, March 28th is in a theater near you. Okay. And we would be so grateful for um, all of our brothers and sisters to link arms with us and come to the to the theater because to have faith-based films in theater distribution, yes. we have to have an audience. Yep. And so we can't do that without you. And mm -hmm. so every single person is such a gift to us. And we'd love the opportunity, if you would allow us, to um, let the bishop take your hand and take you on the journey of the Camino. Mm -hmm. And and I loved how you described the film at the beginning that you set out to create a work of art. And it truly is that. Thank uh, you. I mean, I don't know how else to explain. I'm not very good at explaining. And, and maybe I, we just should just let people go watch the film and, and experience it themselves. But it truly is a beautiful, beautiful work of art. Um, and, and for me, it was an experience of, you know, I'd love to walk the Camino, but I think Thank I already started. Uh, absolutely. Well, just before I met you, um, someone had given me the letter to artists from St. John Paul II. Yes. And of course, you and I, we first met each other um, mm -hmm. around all around St. John Paul II, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really believe that as artists, really all, all that we can do is give our entire being, everything that God has given us to give back to him. And the art, you know, comes from such a deep place in our soul. Mm -hmm. Um and so that's all grace. That's all God. It's, it, we spend our lifetimes just trying to figure out who it is that God made us to be, right? Yeah. And every yeah. day is a discernment. But as we start to uncover who he's created us to be, um, that grace propels us to his plan, not ours. Amen. Amen. And, I mean, as artists, we are in, a, in the image of God who is the ultimate the artist. The I mean, king he is, artist. He is the artist. I mean, everything right. he's created is art. Um, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you for doing all that you're doing. We didn't get a chance to talk about your production company, Ahava Productions, but people, if they want to find out about the film, that's where they need to go. And I'm going to give them the, that information in a moment. Thank you for doing what you do and for making this film and for telling us all about it. And we'll, try, you, to get, we'll try to get you back on the show. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. God bless you. God bless you. Erin Berghaus, she is the producer and director of Santiago, The Camino Within. You can learn more about uh, their company, Ahava Productions, A-H-A-V-A, -A -A, Ahava Productions. And you can find out all about Santiago, The Camino Within, and about the March 28th screenings and how to buy tickets and all that at their website, ahavaproductions.com. Again, Ahava, A-H-A-V-A, -A, Ahava Productions. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily too, ahavaproductions.com. And uh, a reminder, if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, just go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is Lorraine Hess with Darkness Cannot Overcome the Light from her album, See the Light. When the only sound we hear is our lonely beating hearts when the ones who call us friends aren't friends at all we recall your suffering and we see an empty tomb and we know that darkness cannot overcome the light 
and we find hope and we find peace and we find strength in the weakness of our lives and we find joy when we have sorrow we find the light in the risen Christ When the world takes hold of us And we turn away from you When we feel unworthy of your merciful love We recall your suffering And we see an empty tomb And we know the darkness cannot overcome the light and we find hope And we find peace And we find strength in the weakness of our lives And we find joy When we have sorrow We find the light In the risen Christ And our pain's too deep for too words deep. And we dwell on what we've lost As if it, it is, is the end We will rise above all pain Joyful life we will regain For we know that darkness cannot overcome That was Lorraine Hess with Darkness Cannot Overcome the Light from her album, See the Light. And singing there with Lorraine is John Angotti, who also co-wrote the song. Lorraine Hess has been on this program three times. Uh, Lorraine has several albums. One of them, Glorify Him, was inspired by the experience of having their home burned down. And we had Lorraine uh, tell us that story here on this program. The last time we spoke, Lorraine had just released her album, See the Miracle. Um, for the year of St. Joseph, Lorraine wrote a beautiful anthem dedicated to St. Joseph called With a Father's Heart. And over the last couple of years, she wrote a mass setting dedicated to St. Catherine of Siena. And so lots going on. And to tell us more, I am very happy to have Lorraine Hess back on the program. Lorraine, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thanks so much. Same here. I feel like uh, every time I... Uh, talk to anyone on this program in the last year or so, I have to start by asking them, how were the last couple of years for you? Because they were rough for a lot of people. 
Sure. Uh, you know, I, I try to uh, focus on a lot of good things that have happened. And for me personally, mm-hmm. my, my, my four sons have all had major life changes in good ways. My oldest had our first grandbaby and my second one just got married and my third one graduated college and my fourth one just graduated high school as it started college. So empty nest, I mean, major transitions for our family. And so, yeah, I like to focus on the fact that they were all able to do that at at now and not when COVID was at its worst. Right. Right. And uh, how was it for you as an artist? Cause I guess you weren't doing any performing or did you have to do, were you doing a lot of writing and, and recording? You know, right when COVID, of course, it's during Lent when that all happened, right? Yes. And so that's the busiest time of year. So yep. a lot of things were canceled and I had, you know, I was fully loaded with all products and that still had to be paid for without events to help pay for some of those events. So that was a little tough at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then I, I everybody was kind of baptism by fire, learning technology on how to do things remotely. And yep. I'm very interactive in the types of events that I have. If I have a concert, I have people singing with me. If I'm giving a retreat, we're doing faith sharing. And to do that to my phone yeah, you can't do or it. to my computer yeah. was very frustrating, but I, I kept it going. But I also had to invest a lot of money in a computer mm-hmm. that had more memory and a phone that had a better camera and a microphone that picked up better quality. So yeah. that, but I'm glad I did that because now I have it all that I can continue to do it. But I so much prefer in person that I, I rarely even accept um, a job offer to do just a remote thing because I yeah. just, um, it's, it's not, yeah. it's, no, it's like I, you're giving a silent retreat. I, just, I completely understand. It's not my, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Even just doing a talk, I feel so, it's just so awkward to do it through Zoom and, and you can do it where people are interacting and asking, asking questions. And it's just mm-hmm. so, I find it so impersonal. Um, I don't even like doing meetings on Zoom. Um, right. Um, tell me about St. Joseph. I know it's it's a couple of years now, but it's such a beautiful song. And, and I, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for you, a highlight right? It, yeah, it certainly was at a time, you know, I had went, gone through a little bit of period of writer slump, I guess, because, mm-hmm. my, you know, just being away from people and not having stories, those things stimulate writing, I think, yep. creativity. Um, so this was, I had read the Holy Father's apostolic letter on for the year of St. Joseph, and it just, it went right through me. Uh, my family's always had a devotion to St. Joseph and strong Italian heritage. And, yeah. um, but that, that prayer in particular was, um, I just thought it was beautiful in the way it highlighted him as a man, as a, as a disciple, um, his own fiat. And so usually, you know, a song might take me a little while to finish it, but that one like just fell out on the piano. It Mm. came so quickly. It was um, trying to, and I used a lot of the words of the Holy father as inspiration for the lyrics um, to try to catch just the, the whole picture of Joseph, a man who never spoke a word in the Bible, no, you know, not a word of his is recorded. And yet he's got this great richness about him. So um, anyway, and I wanted to make sure that it was, uh, that we did a, a music video with it. Yes. And we wanted the music video just to highlight the power yeah. of um, men in our world who are um, not allowed to be humble and not allowed to be, mm. to show weakness um, and how that weakness is such a strength in the domestic church. And um, so anyway, we put this together and we put a lot of people on that video who were mm. um, important to me, uh, people that, um, that were special to me. 
in in the video and uh, we had yeah. it completely funded by people who were interested in being part of the project so um it was a lot of fun was there interesting with covid trying to film and yes we were kind of coming out of it but um we, the church was empty and the priest gave us this beautiful church yeah. for us to film yeah um, it's it's and, uh, yeah. yeah it's a beautiful video we played it so many times on salt and yeah, i appreciate television. that and so if people want to watch it i'm sure that they can just google with a father's heart lorraine hess and they can find it on on uh all kinds of uh, video platforms and um, tell me about the mass setting because um, I'm intrigued about uh, I'm a big fan of St. Catherine of Siena yeah. uh, but I wouldn't have thought to write a mass setting kind of inspired by in her, her tell me, yeah tell or in her honor so, yeah tell me about I, I think you know on the, there's lots that's gone on in our church and in our world that very much mirrors her time even mm. though she lived in medieval times you know there were problems with the church that she was calling out but she loved the church and she she wanted the best for the church so during the plague where she's beating on the rectory asking the priest to come out and give the people their sacraments and mm. and and um and just her humility but our love but also her zest um and yeah. so i've always admired her i think she's a she's a, a saint for today um, she's a saint for women who really want to balance that humility with um, commitment to the faith. Um, so she was very instrumental in my life. She's she's the patroness of my high school alumni. So I okay. went to a, a, a Dominican high school here in New Orleans. She's the patroness um, for the alumni. And then I am the music director at St. Catherine of Siena Church. But I don't think there's any coincidence that I ended up there. Right. Um, and then you mentioned the house fire, but um, she was the saint I clung to. I just, I just cling to her through that whole ordeal to just walk with me. Yeah, and she did. And I feel like she's interceded in so many ways for me. So when it came time to writing this mass setting, I, um, I had to name it for her, but I met with a Dominican nun, sister Noel Tomey here in New Orleans, who had been to Siena several times. And mm -hmm. I sat with her and I said, just tell me everything about Catherine. Like, what would this music need to sound like for her to approve? And she said, you know, she was, she was joyful, but reverent. And so that was my goal, but that mm -hmm. it would be joyful yet reverent. So the piece is like the Kyrie, the Lamb of God, are very reverent and melodic and they, they ebb and flow and, um, they have a beauty to it, but then the glory and the Holy Holy have this power to it that um, yeah. it, it, it's, it just, so it's joyful. Beautiful. You know what? And I know it's Lent, but I, I'm going to, we'll play a little bit of the Gloria and the Holy okay. Holy just now, just a few minutes so that people can hear, hear what you're saying. Because um, we didn't get a chance to listen to them. That the little taste of the Gloria and the Holy Holy from the Mass of St. Catherine of Siena by Lorraine Hess, uh, who is my guest right now. Lorraine, in the little time that we have left, uh, you're also dedicating, can I say that you're dedicating pilgrimages to or by the hand of or alongside Catherine of Siena? How does that, that Actually, work? <laughs> um, so when the Mass setting came out, Ubalate Tours contacted me and said, oh, we have an artist to send to Sienna now. So, uh, and they send recording artists 
And they yep. put pilgrimages together. So they said, we would love for you to go to Italy. So I'm going with 49 people on pilgrimage the Wednesday after Easter. And we're going to be singing the Mass of St. Catherine of Siena in Siena. Oh, how fun. And it's going to just be so amazing for me to hear all the pilgrims singing these Mass parts. And um, so we're really looking forward to that. So, yes, that that's one pilgrimage. The first one that I'm doing with you, Balate, happens to be to Rome, to Siena. Siena, and um, Assisi, and Okay, Florence. is there still space? Can people still register, or is, is it closed? No, it's closed. Yeah. It filled yeah. up very quickly. Uh, sure. We're looking at doing another tour okay. um, in the following year, but All right, so people can, can can go to your website now, LorraineHess.com, and they can start start getting ready to see <laughs> when, when you announce the one for next year. Um, Lorraine, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. It's good to see you and to chat well, and to, to catch you. up. And and I must say, mass settings I think are a difficult thing, and and there's very few that move me personally. Mm-hmm. As as a if I can say this as a as a score for the mass that actually serves the mass and helps me enter deeper into the mass. And I think yours yours does that. Um, oh, appreciate that. So thank you to Gosh. you and thank you to St. Catherine of Siena. Yes, amen. <laughs> She's great. All right. Um, take care and uh, congratulations to your, your boys to and you. everything that's happening. And uh, maybe next time I can go on the pilgrimage with you. Oh, that sounds great. I'm going to hold you fun. to that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. You can learn all about Lorraine Hess, purchase her music, and learn about the pilgrimages at her website, LorraineHess.com, and it's Hess, H-E-S-S, LorraineHess.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now uh, to take us out is Lorraine Hess with that song that she was talking about uh, dedicated to St. Joseph with a father's heart.
to Lorraine Hess with her single, With a Father's Heart. And that will take us to the end of the program today. Remember that if you missed any part of the program, you can find our show at slmedia.org slash podcast. And if you listen to podcasts, please subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast. The more subscriptions we have and the more reviews, the more people will find our program. Today, let's pray for the people of Nigeria, especially Christians and the church. Let's pray for those walking the Camino and for a success to the Santiago film screening on March 28th. And let's pray through the intercession of St. Joseph and St. Catherine of Siena. We pray that you stay safe, that you pray for each other, and that you continue taking care of each other, and we continue praying for peace in Ukraine. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been The Salt of My Life.